0: Welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast where we review two-sided topics on the minds of college students and condense them into informative, civil, 30-minute conversations in order to create wider campus discussions. <music> everybody we are joined today by president Randall president Randall how are you doing
1: i'm doing fantastic today how are you
0: i'm so good i am so ready to get into things and start asking questions thank you so much for being here and my first question for you is you have recently talked a lot about your six commitments to the u as a large part of your platform as president of the university What are your six commitments and what do they mean for you and your platform?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that question. You know, I just finished a tour of the state of Utah where we tried to visit every single county. And um, we are the state's flagship institution, which brings with it a lot of reach. We reach all corners of the state, but also a lot of responsibility. And so um, one of the things I firmly believe that if we're going to be a top 10 public institution with unsurpassed societal impact, we have to recommit um, to what our mission is to serve the students of the state of Utah, but also the citizens of the state of Utah. So there's six commitments, the commitment to lead, the commitment to educate, the commitment to do research because we're a research university, the commitment to serve, the commitment to patient care because we're also a big healthcare system, and then finally, the commitment to unite with sister institutions. And maybe I can just take take one of those. Um, When we talk about a commitment to lead, um, if you think about what the state has asked us to do, we have the state's only law school, we have the state's only medical school. um, We are the leading research institution, and so I'm a believer that we have to be innovative. We have to show the way of what we can do in higher education in terms of access to students and affordability to students, but also what we can do creating knowledge in in, in in society. Um, but you have to do that humbly. Um, nothing worse than a leader that lets you know they're a leader all the time. And so <laughs> uh, in some ways that the first commitment really uh, fits well with the sixth commitment, which is a commitment to unify with other um, sister institutions in the state. We have an incredible system of higher education and every institution has remarkable strengths. You go down to SUU and they've got the Shakespeare Festival. You go up to Utah State and they do some remarkable work, work in um, in uh, in research around space exploration. You know, you go to uh, Weber State and they've got these uh, advanced materials um, programs. And so I can I can just point out, you know, uh, strength after strength. And I think what gets hard uh, is to think about as a system rather than to compete. How do you work together? To actually do great things and as one example we found on this tour uh, the state everyone in the state is concerned about water yes we're in a drought Uh, Great Salt Lake is shrinking and um, what we found is there's some research that can be done but we need researchers from the two research institutions Utah State and the University of Utah to actually join together to put together the complete package and so we're doing that right now we're having regular research meetings we're answering fundamental questions Right now about the Great Salt Lake, how much water should be there so it's healthy. Um, How do we make sure the flows get in? How is that going to affect people upstream? That's fun and exciting stuff.
0: That is really exciting. You mentioned affordability for students. And in consideration of the commitment to educate, what are you doing and how are you committed to lower costs for students, including tuition, fees, etc.?
1: Yeah, there are two or three aspects of this that I'm, I'm honestly trying to broaden the conversation. So you think about costs, you traditionally think about tuition and fees. We have a massive fundraising program uh, going on right now. Um, many of our students receive heavy discounts, and our scholarships continue to go up. In fact, last year alone, um, one of the first things I did with the president is put another $5 million of scholarship money into the, into the system. But we need more. We always need more. But I also want to focus on the fact that if you're in school a long period of time, you're missing out on work opportunities. So what we're going to try to do is break down barriers to completion, right, and make sure people get through faster. And so that's, you know, in economic terms, the opportunity cost that you all suffer if we have you here too long. We want you here. We don't want to kick you out. We want you to have a great time here, right, but we certainly don't want to. Um, we certainly don't want to, um, uh, put undue, uh, time constraints on you. So, so those are two fundamental ways we're reducing costs. But then the other thing we want to do is increase the value to you, meaning that when you leave, you are a much more valuable person in society. And so, um, really excited. We've, we've, uh, decided to commit over the next two years to put f- another $4 million into career development and services and placement services. Um, this will, I don't know if it doubles and or triples the size of what we have, but we will actually have in each college career counselors embedded so that no matter what major you are, you can immediately start thinking about what internships will enhance your resumes and get you going. So at the end of the day, if we're a little bit cheaper on the tuition, it takes a little bit shorter time and you get a much better career launch. Hopefully that creates value for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What was your inspiration for deciding to have those career offices in each school?
1: Oh, (laughs) you know, there's some individuals that are very creative on campus. So a lot of this comes from the leadership in our uh, uh, career development placement office. Uh, But this is actually a little bit personal to me. Um, I was at this university and I never did an internship. And uh, it turned out I wasn't a really good match for the company that I went to work for and had I been able to do an internship I would have been able to choose uh, a little bit different path and so you know I kind of swirled around um, for a couple couple years and and I I I just I hope I hope people take advantage of this so that before you get out you've worked in two maybe even three companies right so you've got a really good idea of where you want to go None of us can predict what we really like. you got to try it, right? And you got to figure out what will be fun and exciting and exhilarating to you.
0: Going off of that, what are some advice or tips that you would give students who are swirling around at the University of Utah right now?
1: Oh, you know what? Try things fast, but try things with purpose, right? So, um, you know, maybe I can give you an example of a student I know. This is a student that really liked... um, that uh, really liked kind of uh, social good and changing the world. Um, but a lot of times you can't find an interesting career there. And so uh, what the student started to do is internships in certain areas and where it was very observant in terms of volunteer work um, and then paid attention as they were doing volunteer work to the companies that they would interact with. And they would actually realize that, boy, that company that's helping us with this is actually doing something that's really exciting. So then the next step was go to that company, right? <laughs> and do an internship there. Well, that's not quite it, but again, paying attention to the other companies that this company works with. Oh, there's the one, and I think you gotta do that one or two times uh, before you kinda really find exactly what you want, but you've got time to do it. And if we can get these career services going really early, even you know in, after your freshman year, you can start doing that type of exploration.
0: Yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. In terms of your commitment to patient care, what are some of the ideas that you have about the long wait line for mental health services at the U?
1: Yeah, what a um, really, really serious issue we have here. As you know, um, the um, Huntsman uh, Mental Health Institute, where you, we're relying on them broadly to try to identify how we can invest in scalable services particularly for students. So we've been changing policy. Uh, many of you may have heard that we used to have limits on, you know, limits on the number of visits. We're trying to get that barrier out of the way. We're making further investments in uh, different types of um, distance, uh, you know, virtual counseling, which makes it quicker and more efficient. Um, so a lot going on in that space. And I, I think what is is hopeful there is there are many, creative solutions uh, to this that'll allow us to put uh, many more resources at student fingertips.
0: That's fantastic. For students who are able to obtain mental health services for the U, many of those lose that opportunity during the summer when they're not enrolled in classes Mm -hmm. and are required to reapply in the fall. Mm -hmm. What can the university do to minimize these situations for students?
1: Well, first of all, you need to bring those situations to our attention. Um, one of the biggest gifts we get is when a student will walk in and explain um, an issue and describe the population of students that it's uh, that it's that it's affecting. And so, what you did right there is absolutely fantastic. Thank you, and we'll get to work on that.
0: So, I'm hearing that I can just pop in in your office and watch I have them talk. office hours. Did you know
1: that? <laughs> I have office hours every week, and it's fun. I had uh, three students, or uh, three different visits last week, and um, each of them uh, had a a set of ideas and issues that we needed to deal with, and hopefully we responded. I have deeply appreciated them coming. You know, we're trying to create a wonderful experience for all of you, and there's no way we can predict exactly uh, how you want that experience to happen, so... Give us feedback and give us suggestions. So I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, of course. And thank you for being willing to listen to student feedback. I know that's important for all of us on campus. Um, your commitment to sister institutions. Can you explain some of the ways that you are collaborating besides working with Utah State in sure. terms of waterways?
1: Sure. Um, so what's what's really interesting? Um, we're in the process. You an example. Um, we're in the process of building a new hospital in West Valley. I don't know if you know about that, but West Valley is an interesting place. Uh, in that if you look at educational outcomes and socioeconomic outcomes and health outcomes, there are some zip codes out there where people live 10 years less than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go through the list of things, they've higher rates of diabetes, opioid abuse. Um, you know, it's a hard it's it's hard. And we have spent oh gosh, three, four, five months, hundreds of interviews trying to understand and listen um, to community members and and what they want. And one of the really interesting ideas that came out is that we're gonna take this hospital and we're gonna have 15, 1,600 jobs, and I'd like a lot of them to come from that community. And so when you think about a hospital and a career path in a hospital, you start as a certifying certified uh, nursing assistant and you move a whole different ways and there's there's a whole path that you can take. Well, it turns out the University of Utah is not giving degrees in all those paths, right? So we sit down with Salt Lake Community College and we say, come help us. Let's develop the workforce in this community. And here are the things that you'll do for these individuals. So you'll come to a hospital, you'll get a, a certified nursing assistant from either your high school or Salt Lake Community College. And then maybe there'll be another certificate from Salt Lake Community College, and then you'll jump into a nursing program at the U, and we're hoping that, you know, a thousand people get educated and want to um, work in our hospital. So that's an example of how you unify with a sister institution. You see their strength, you see our strength, you try to marry them to solve a problem that the community was really excited about.
0: That's a great way to have outreach options available to our communities. So what does diversity and inclusion mean to you? And um, how do you feel that the university can better strive to reach the ideals of diversity and inclusion?
1: Yeah, I think there are, um, there are two big areas that I think about. Um, the first is um, I look at faculty, staff and it's, and, and students. And it's, it's broadly, do we have the right people at the table, right? Uh, do students have access that need to be here? Um, are the barriers down, right? Um, and so we think a lot about that. And then the second is, I think a lot about the environment here on campus. And this one's harder, but administration can't say, all right, everybody get along. <laughs> what you really have to do is try to figure out ways to put people in positive situations right Um, it's much better if you get to know somebody doing something productive like a service project or going to a game and having fun and cheering for the same team right than if your first interaction is one of conflict so what i hope we do is we're going to create a remarkable positive experience and there are multiple touch points so that people from diverse backgrounds Get a chance to know each other on a very personal basis. Whenever I get to know somebody, I see goodness in them. I see their potential and I like them. And we just got to give, we got to create that environment and that support so everyone can succeed.
0: Fantastic. Um, Speaking of bringing more people to the table, this year there is a new campus safety committee headed by ASUU. Um, What are you doing to improve campus safety? Are there aspects you want to continue to implement?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, as you probably know, the new public safety building gets opened this week. We've made a big investment, not only in a building, but in a whole suite of new, I would say, public safety services, victims advocates. Um, I really uh, like our leadership there, Um, Keith Squires and Jason uh, Hinojosa. They're uh, embarking on a listening tour right now. Um, I regularly talk to them about kind of incidents and kind of how we're dealing with things on campus. I would compliment uh, ASUU for their leadership as well. Safety is, again, another one of those community uh types of things we've got to do together so what i'm hoping i'm doing is 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 providing resources in an environment where people can see transparency we just issued um, a set of safety reports in a in an effort to try to be very transparent about what goes on uh, on this campus um, as you know we've got a our first run and walk i think the 21st of october and 22nd to celebrate different. Uh, aspects of awareness of of safety and and domestic and dating violence. So I think these are the things we try to do. Um, I love um, what's going on with Chris Linder in the McCluskey Center. Um, I would recommend everyone, you should sit down and read some of the research that they do. It is not esoteric research. It is about how can we change our behaviors in society to make a place feel safer. And I love what they're doing there.
0: This summer, you announced an expansion of scholarships for Indigenous students from any of the eight federally recognized Native American tribes. What more can the university do to support Indigenous
1: students? Yeah, I hope this is only a a, a first step. Um, We are in the process of uh, expanding um, our uh, resource center, American Indian Resource Center for Indigenous students. Um, and this is a place that provides a set of wraparound services so that they can feel a sense of, uh, of community here. Um, I have just actually in the last 10 days uh, started to meet with a set of tribal leaders. Um, we had them uh, at a football game to try to understand how we can actually attract more uh, members of their nations here to campus and how we can actually support them. Have to sit down and understand the culture and kind of how they view the world, what they want to do with education. Um, And this is actually, I think, one of the things I'm most excited about.
0: I think we're excited about it, too, which is why we wanted to ask. Um, Our final thread of questions is pertaining to housing. Um, How is the university addressing the housing crisis?
1: Well, can I ask you a question what, how do you see the housing crisis? I know exactly how I want to answer this, but I'm not sure I'm capturing the aspect you're interested
0: in. <laughs> I mean, it's expensive, there's not a lot of options, and of course, how do I get in? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, okay. Uh, that's what I was hoping. That's what i was hoping kind of what you're looking for. So, let's let's talk first. Um, we're in a we have a really interesting opportunity right now. I've asked um, campus to put up 5,000 new beds in five years. So right now, uh, we just broke ground on 775 beds at the Impact Epicenter, got another 403 beds going up at at Collard. Uh, We've got over in graduate housing, 504 uh, beds that will be finished over there. We've done a partnership with uh, the Ivory House, 552 beds. So start adding that up. We've already got our pipeline. At about 2,000, we gotta, we got to get another 3,000 planned. So that hopefully will occur uh, in the next six months. Um, you may have heard about our Home Away From Home program. Uh, that was launched um, as a pilot this year to try to ease, a tem- you know, we've got a temporary issue. And so, we've, you know, that we've launched that. We're getting um, some reasonable feedback there. We're also working through, you know, a set of set of issues there to try to get this program down. Um, that program in particular um, has a lower price point. So, you know, part of it is we're just going to create a lot more housing options. We're also focusing a lot on housing scholarships. Um, and so um, you'll start seeing, right, we want really everyone to be able to be on this campus, not just those that can uh, can, can afford it. Um, for me, this is, I think, one of the biggest opportunities we have. We have a chance to build a college town here and build... A college atmosphere and we're, we're getting there and I, let me just say to the students that live here on campus thanks for creating such a fun place you can can't you just feel the energy and oh, the absolutely. vibe? I mean I get out <laughs> on campus and I get pretty excited I see people out having fun you watch the intramural sports you see people at games you just walk into you know the dorms and 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 I, occasionally I'll go up and eat at Collard and it just it just thrills me to see what a great time you're all having.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite meal to get over at
1: Collar? I don't think I've gotten through everything. I, you know, I, I I'm kinda, in some ways I'm a little bit of a creature of habit. Uh, if I ate too much that day, I'm gonna get a salad and uh, like Mex- Mexican and tacos is like my favorite. So <laughs> too the, often I'm right there. I'm they're pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so one of our other questions is because the U is such a commuter school. Mm-hmm. How are we balancing parking demand and housing demand on campus? Yeah,
1: well, we got. We're also moving new parking structures through at the same time, so that's the short answer. We're we're also going to put up some parking structures.
0: Fantastic. Where where on campus can we see new parking structures?
1: At this point, we're in a little bit of a master planning um, process. So what we're doing right now is just getting the funding available, and as we decide. These next, where these next three thousand beds go, will probably put them that parking right in a strategic place near the parking.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, are there any plans to build lower cost dorms that will cost less, just in general, for students or lower costs for the remaining
1: dorms? Yeah. So there, are two, there are two strategies. There are kind of two strategies here that we that we think about. Um, lower cost dorms, clearly, um, and Sometimes that's where we'll do that with partnership, uh, outside partnerships. Um, And uh, some of them will be off campus. It's actually cheaper to build off campus than it is to build on campus. Um, The second thing, the other strategy is actually housing scholarships. Um, One of my concerns is you, I think a university is a place where all socioeconomic strata should exist in a single place, right? And if you build... Really, really low cost. You're you're gonna you're gonna start creating again areas of society that we're actually trying to change, right? And so um, right now, if I can figure this out, and I haven't got it figured out, um, I really like heavy on the housing scholarships, right? Need based housing scholarships that allow you to choose where you want to live, and so you don't feel like you got to go to a certain spot. <laughs> on campus. So I don't know if that makes sense. I'd love your feedback on that, actually.
0: Yeah, well, we'll have to talk after. (laughs) But I guess just as a last question, is there anything that we've missed? Anything that you want to add or plug in in our podcast?
1: You know, the only plug I would make, and it's not really a plug, is when students are active on campus, like you all are, and involved, this place is magic. So thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Have you listened to our podcast yet?
1: (laughs) I think you gave me the snippets of it, didn't you? A little bit here and there. I better listen to this one to see how Well, yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming, and we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. We are here with our panel now. We're going to go around in a circle and say our name, pronoun, major, what year we're in, and let's go with how long it takes you to find a parking space on campus because I think that is funny and very on point for this conversation. So I'll go first. My name is Riley Atkinson. I use she, her pronouns. I am in my fourth year of my undergraduate studies. That's kind of crazy to say out loud. Um, I'm studying peace and conflict studies and sociology, and I have to walk pretty far when I find a spot, so it takes me around 30 minutes to find a parking spot and then 30 minutes to walk to class.
2: I'm Parker, I'm a fourth year film media arts major. Uh, I use he, they, and I either come to class at either 7.30 in the morning or six at night, so it's not hard to find parking at those hours.
3: Cool, uh, my name's Talmadge, I'm majoring in English and I'm a sophomore. Um, I use he, him pronouns. And uh, you know, sometimes it can take me, I live downtown, so I'll drive here. It, sometimes it can take like 10 minutes to get parking and then 10 minutes to walk to class. So I've been doing public transport recently, but yeah, it's good to be here.
0: Yeah, and welcome our newest host after today, woo-hoo. woohoo! <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah. Hi, I'm Ben. Um, This is my fourth year at the U as well. I'm studying peace and conflict studies and political science. I use he, him, his pronouns. I don't have a car, but I'm an RA, so um, I just walk down from housing.
0: So jealous. Not of being an RA, but of being able to walk down. (laughs) The
4: things we do to sell our soul for free housing.
0: Okay, so I want to start off just by asking everybody, what were your thoughts and impressions from this interview with President Randall?
4: I liked his suit.
0: I know you guys weren't able to see it, but it was very fashionable. I was very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell he is a businessman and he knows how to dress.
2: You can definitely tell he's a businessman.
3: Yeah, he has a great professional vibe about him. You know, Um, like right when he walked in, there was just like a glow. Uh, It was my first time meeting him, so... Yeah, it Mm -hmm. just felt good to, you know, to be here.
0: And actually see him in person. Um, I was really struck with how his tenets, his six points were well covered and he knew what he was talking about and he has very distinct goals, which I as a goal oriented person can appreciate.
4: Yeah, no, I, I thought it was, yeah, he was very professional. He knew what he was talking about. I feel like there are a lot of ways in which he has valuable ideas to contribute to the, you know, running of the university, which is good cuz he's the president.
0: I didn't know that we were partnering with USU to help waterways to the Great Salt Lake, and that is something yeah, that that's cool. I was really impressed by, and something that I'd love to see more of. His story and talking about West Valley and how we're working with Slick and creating the hospital there, I mm-hmm. think, is great for not only healthcare but community relations.
3: Yeah, I'd like to hear more about how some of the different colleges in the state work together. You know, um, like I didn't really know much about any of those partnership Mm -hmm. um projects going on but especially like when solving the great salt lake crisis i think it would be great to um maybe even have more panels or like you know just different types of events that maybe could highlight how the schools are working together or Mm -hmm. even
0: showcase student involvement i don't know if there's any students who are participating in this but it would be really cool to see if there were
2: Mm I went on a date a couple months ago with someone working in research here, uh, a student, so I think that we do have like, pretty broad participation in like the research, maybe mm-hmm. not this specifically, but probably.
0: Well, almost probably c- almost <laughs> certainly.
2: Like, yeah. We
4: have a ton of student research. The Great Salt Lake is like a top area of concern for like sustainability people, well, hopefully everyone in general, but you know, relating to their research. So I'd love to see that showcased.
0: I teased with President Randall a little bit that I would just pop into his office, but I think it's really cool that he has open office hours and that's not something that I realized I could utilize as a student, especially yeah. to voice my mm-hmm. concerns. So just to everyone who is listening, make sure that you do that because that's a that's a really cool resource and we should take advantage of that.
2: What I was thinking of uh, when he was talking about that and then later when we were talking about diversity, is we had a few people on last year who were full. They, they were full blooded Native American, but because they came, their parents came from two different tribes, they're not three quarters of either. Mm. So they don't get. They weren't qualified for the scholarship. Mm. I feel like that's something that should be fixed, and maybe maybe he's just not aware.
0: Yeah. I definitely think the area when President Randall was talking about diversity and inclusion was one of the parts that lacked in our conversation. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot said about actual action items. Um, And I would love to hear more because, again, maybe I'm just not aware of what the office is doing, but it felt a little hollow to me. Did anyone else feel like that?
3: Well, I'm curious you know maybe what you would have liked to hear like what are some actionable things that you think we could do that he could have brought up you know
0: that is such a fantastic question i mean personally there's been a lot of actions of racism on campus i don't know if you've seen posters on campus that say things like white people are good or um, there was a student who had crap thrown at their dorm by students wearing KKK hoods. Why are these things not addressed vocally? Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the time when we get reports from the U, it's, oh, we don't encourage acts of violence or racial discrimination, but I want to hear specific incidences and know how they're being taken care of. What happened to those students?
4: Yeah, so we actually have a reporting mechanism at the U called ARBERT. I'm not sure what the like full name of the acronym is, but <laughs> RBRT, I think it's called. And it's racist and bias report stuff. And so if you have a racist or bias incident, whether you observe it or it happens to you, you can report that. And there there is like a conduct process that they investigate it and figure out what's gonna happen and when one of those gets reported i believe those are public but oh. you can see online like oh this was reported that this incident happened because there was like in like i think it was like an african-american professor or something that somebody there was like a racist violence incident on campus and so you know this person they filed an arbert report and everyone can see that now so people are like made aware this incident mm. happened
2: and that's definitely good but like I don't know. Uh, I feel like the environment on campus, whether it's for people who are being discriminated by race or sexuality or gender or anything, I feel like it's not, it wouldn't feel safe to report. Like, I don't know if I would, if I was called a slur, I don't know if I would go to Arbert even if I knew about it. I just don't know if I would feel safe with that. I just don't know if the university's environment is one that I could feel I can trust them.
4: That's super valid. Mm-hmm. That is super valid. And I think there's room to be worked on there.
3: For sure. Like, you know, one one cool idea is maybe having some sort of concert or unifying type environment that kind of says, hey, you know, anyone who kind of stands in unity with, their, yeah, different race, different sexuality, gender, whatever it is, um, kind of have more of a unifying, positive event. Because um, I think sometimes I'll get these notifications and it feels kind of like almost alien to me or like a computer's just telling it to me. But if we get a bunch of people together um, just to kind of reestablish, like we're a very diverse, inclusive community. Um, I know there are events like that, but something just right out front in, in front of the union, it could be mm. cool, you know.
2: We have the Crimson Knights, the whole, uh, what's it called? The whole Pride Week thing at the end of the year. But then also... Uh, the wrapped you with the pride flag gets vandalized and like that just furthers my feeling that I don't feel safe.
0: I also think the bureaucracy of the university limits a lot of people's capability to feel safe. I know for me I had an incident where I did not feel safe with a professor based on my gender and I was and felt I was discriminated against in my grade because of that and voicing that. And then I tried to get it resolved and it never was because it had to go through so many processes to try and actually feel heard, Mm -hmm. which is so frustrating as a student.
2: And we're there at the football game last week and we're celebrating 50 years of Title IX.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But I just don't feel like it's equal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, moving on to a different topic because that's a pretty heavy one how did you guys feel about housing and parking
2: we need more parking
4: yeah a lot was left to be said I think but yeah remains just like he said oh we're gonna build more parking structures well, But like, we need a solution now we need a yeah we need a plan and I get that they say that they're planning which is great mm-hmm. and I really hope they are And we really appreciate like i do appreciate him saying they're doing that but it's still frustrating when it's not
2: like they can't solve like at least alleviate it a little bit now like mm -hmm. i don't really see a reason why there needs to be so many a permit passes that just or spots that go unused all day
0: Mm -hmm. well i mean even like the union parking lot why isn't that all you permits after 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. why is there only a set section and why do i have to pay for parking on top of already paying for a parking pass
3: i think it's so tricky what we're dealing with now because on one hand i would love to see the campus be more of kind of a college town atmosphere right mm-hmm. and more like in oh yeah um like just people who live on campus and i, I really like um, would love to see more of that. But on the other hand, it is like, oh, living off campus, I do want parking too. So how do we balance that, right? To kind of mm-hmm. have good vibe here, like you know, take down some parking maybe to build more housing, but then also say, hey, we gotta have people who are commuting too have a place and um, kind of finding a balance there.
0: Well, I mean the parking lot over by the Marriott Honors community building, I was so excited because I thought it was going to be another parking garage. And then it ended up being a flat surface so that mm-hmm. Calert could be worked on, which was prostrating yeah. to say the least.
2: And it's like we got rid of these annexes, which are like almost historic. They've been mm-hmm. with the university for, I don't know, probably 100 years. They're mm-hmm. really old. And now they're gone for not even more parking.
0: Yeah. It's about the equivalent. About the yeah, Maybe a couple... More fifty yeah. more, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's frustrating, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating because we're all seniors, and we we won't be able to like he says oh, f- how five thousand more beds in the next five years. Well, that's great, great, but nobody who is a freshman now will even be here, assuming they graduate on time mm-hmm. by the time that's over.
0: Yeah, which is or crazy. people from next
2: year.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then other things. It's just like they're building new housing developments, but like the whatever, impact epicenter, whatever they're building, that's almost certainly going to be, like, bougie, expensive housing like (laughs) sand is. Mm -hmm. And then the, like, ivory house that they're building is partnering with, like, the LDS church Mm -hmm. and having, like, an, like, honor code, which is great, I guess, if kids want that. But, like, how— I did think
2: it was interesting. He just failed to mention that.
4: Yeah. Like, that (laughs) is—it should be a disclaimer to all of you that that is, like— one of the things in their housing, and it'll be like nice for kids that want that environment i guess but like that's a niche group it's like 30 percent of campus and a lot of them live with their parents mm-hmm. like
3: yeah it's um i don't know but I, I can also see you know creating how we were kind of talking about partnering with other schools i think it's you know maybe good to partner with just a lot of different types of groups right like if there's people who want maybe a kind of a i can't remember the word you used like honor code like you know great for that group like
0: (laughs) i mean we're getting something (laughs)
4: yeah yeah it's just i'd like to see like inexpensive dorms that aren't 50 years old
5: Mm -hmm.
4: yeah well even those like i live in sage point which is like one of the older one of the like older dorms ish and it's like one of the least expensive dorms and they're fine like it's not a big deal you know it's a college dorm but Mm -hmm. like the ele- like so many of the elevators don't even work
2: mm-hmm. i got elevators. trapped in an elevator mm-hmm. the yards <laughs> up here
4: yeah that's <laughs> like and that's an ada concern yeah like like that is and i understand yes the parts the way elevator companies work the parts they have to get something from either back east or i think i was talking to somebody in housing that said like they had to get apart from Mexico or something like send a driver
5: down <laughs> mm-hmm. like somebody
4: working that works for housing to drive down to Mexico to get a part to fix an elevator
5: mm-hmm.
4: like the yes the supply chain's messed up and it's really frustrating but still like where there are ADA concerns like I'm yeah. a little bit concerned about that
0: what did you think about the different scholarship opportunities that he mentioned
3: would you remind me exactly what like you're talking about
0: yeah of course I mean President Randall mentioned that there's $5 million Mm -hmm. being influxed into student resources for scholarships for tuition. And then there's also that um, Native American scholarship funds that Mm -hmm. are going into campus resources.
2: Scholarships are always good.
0: Scholarships are always good. Yeah. It is. It's good.
4: Um, I'd say as a transfer
0: student
2: that... I
0: am
4: not eligible for a number of scholarships that like freshmen are, Mm -hmm. you know, like when they, like I was transferred in as a sophomore and I was not eligible for the same scholarships that like y'all that arrived here as freshmen received. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating because I have a 3.9 GPA Mm -hmm. and I've had no academic scholarships. Yeah. You know, and so I would like to see some like progress being made on that. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about it too, $5 million is it's a lot of money and it's great that we are actually utilizing funding for students Yeah. but if you divide it by the five thousand dollar semester that's even that's a cheap semester that's only a thousand that's Mm -hmm. if
4: you're not in the business school too like the business school and I'm sure there may be other places that charge like additional fees you know like business school tuition mm-hmm. so like I was gonna take a business class they gave me a thousand dollar scholarship for the semester mm-hmm. but it turns out that it's like 850 per semester additionally like for business school tuition yep. for that one class you yep. know mm-hmm. which yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. so I mean this is affecting maybe a thousand students yeah maybe. Which is cool. Yeah, I mean, that's a thousand people that are benefiting and I will very much be thankful for that. But how many of those are sophomores and juniors? Mm -hmm. I mean, most of these scholarships are going to freshmen or seniors. And so when you're in that middle age group, it's so hard to find funding that's actually catered towards you. And those are, I think, the most critical years for students to decide if they're going to finish their degree or
3: not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I didn't think of that point of view. That's a good point. Yeah, I'd like to see maybe like some exact numbers and calculations of how many students that would help, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Does that number include the 22 scholarship? That's all like not funded by the U.
0: Yeah. I'm going to assume no cuz it sounded I would, like I would it was hope so, but <laughs> it sounded like it was coming directly from the U but It's uh, hard to tell. Exactly. Um transparency would be good in numbers mm. for sure. In concern to the Native American scholarship funding, I think that's great. I'm glad sure. that we're doing it.
5: Yeah.
4: It's fantastic. Just would like to see like I think about that conversation we had last year. Yeah. And how there was a student whose parents both came from different tribes and they could not receive funding. Yep.
0: I mean, a lot of students, too, who are um, half or mixed or identify as such, I mean, are they getting funding mm-hmm. or is it just a specific group? And that's something that And that, that specific we need to group fix. needs funding, mm-hmm. but so
2: do everyone else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Now,
4: I'm a big proponent of full educational costs covered for mm-hmm. every single indigenous student in this country. Yep. Um, Same. I mean, I'd like to see also expanded opportunities, obviously, for other groups as well. But I think this group, particularly indigenous students, with there's just such a history of our governments taking yeah. everything from them and just kind of a like destruction of their culture in yep. so many regards mm-hmm. that I think even in like like a reparations type thing, you know, like it's mm-hmm. we owe it. It just to makes them. sense. Yeah, just makes
0: sense. <laughs> um, I really, I actually really liked what President Randall had to say about mental health services mm-hmm. at the U, because he did recognize that there is a large problem on campus with it, yeah. and he had very identifiable goals on how he wanted to fix that by providing more services, by providing more counselors by mm-hmm. having online counseling which honestly he's right there are so many more people who are able to go just because it's online and it's a little bit more accessible
2: mm-hmm. for sure i'm glad he knows now that summer is a problem but like i'm a little surprised that he didn't know because it's would have helped for me it's set up that, it's <laughs> that was
4: like, my uh, <laughs> that was my situation yeah, i didn't <laughs> know about that so
3: i'm glad you brought
2: yeah, up like it yeah like it's it's like set up like that like it's not like oopsie little loophole like it's it's pretty like explicitly in yeah. the like policies if
4: you are not enrolled in classes you cannot get services and which it's, on a surface level yeah makes, makes sense. sense but like the in between spring and fall like most students are not taking classes but i'm yeah. still a student and that's also like where my like level of like social interaction is going to go down the most, Mm -hmm. you know, because everyone's busy. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to have an impact on my mental health where I'm going to be more in need of
1: services. Yeah.
5: Mm.
2: I was really glad to hear that he's working on getting rid of the maximum amount of uh, free sessions though. Mm
5: -hmm. Because I know
2: that affects a lot of people, including friends of mine, probably will affect me later on this semester.
5: Yeah.
3: It's it's so amazing to me how he can, you know, like one person can juggle so many issues and like just be so, you know, like Taylor Randall, like he's not he doesn't complain, you know, he's very actionable. And like, even though there's some issues where it's like, oh, maybe we could go into his office hours. I give him a lot of credit for just balancing so much and just having such a forward thinking Mm -hmm. um, energy about him. You know, it's really inspiring to see
0: absolutely i mean i was really impressed with how he was able to just on the spot answer those questions and be willing to have this conversation yeah. with us because it's not a, it's not an easy one no <laughs> it's not easy to take feedback it's not easy to take criticism and it's definitely not easy like you said to juggle so many different topics and know what to say right on the spot so that was it was really good
2: especially when like it's not like we were like Throwing softballs at them. No. Like, no. <laughs> I did not maybe. send
4: them the script beforehand. Yeah. Like they knew basic topics that we'd be discussing, but yeah. they didn't know what like the questions that would be asked. And I, I give them a lot of credit for yeah. not asking us because I could very sure. easily see them saying like we need to approve the script before.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean Campus safety yeah, that's a that's it's a, a rough topic. that's mm-hmm. hard and there's a that. lot of people who are angry about it and he had good answers. Yeah. He had things that we could point right to and I mean he congratulated ASUU, which are working hard um, yeah.
3: I want to go to the walk and run he mentioned. That sounded yeah. cool. It Later does sound smoke. cool. Yeah.
0: I hadn't heard about it until no. then, so maybe maybe some extra promotion. I want to get involved. <laughs> Any other thoughts?
2: I'm just really thankful he came on. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you
0: get a chance, definitely Listen shoot us a message of any questions that you would like us to ask in the future of different leaders and officials on campus and thank you all again for listening and being our our stories audience for long story short Been a long story made short. Thank you for listening. Long Story Short is an affiliate of Our Stories, UCAS, and University of Utah Student Media. Please make sure to visit our social media accounts at our.stories with a one on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and soon-to-be TikTok.